Welcome back to another episode of Secrets of Bridal Seamstress. Today's guest pretty much needs no introduction, okay? If you have been in the bridal sewing world for any amount of time, you know her name, Brenda LeBolt. She is the amazing woman behind Bridal Sewing Techniques YouTube channel. She literally has a video for almost every bridal sewing technique out there. And I know that I've learned so much from her. So many listeners, I'm sure you know who she is and you've learned from her as well. So um, let's get this conversation started. You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. All right. Today I am with a woman who literally needs no introduction. Uh, we are here with Brenda LeBolt and uh, most of you know her from her YouTube channel, Bridal Sewing Techniques. And I'm sure so many listeners have already learned so much from Brenda. So Brenda, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having Yay. me. Yay! I, I mentioned this when we first started, I'm, a, I'm fangirling a little bit and I know other listeners will be too. So, uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Oh, and- thank you. <laughs> if only I could make my children feel that way. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thirteen you know, Yeah. The blessing of who you live with. Um, so, okay. Tell us like about the woman behind your um, your power business here. Cause you're a seamstress and then you have this growing YouTube channel and you've taught so many women and uh, men in tailoring and, and bridal sewing. So can you um, give us a little peek into your current week? Okay. So aside from like the, the YouTube channel, maybe take us into your sewing room. What do you have going on right now? Okay. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> like all of us, you know, I feel like uh, you know, we get into this a lot of times, like, you know, we, we were like, oh, this is so flexible for family, and whatever. <laughs> and it is, but it leaves you open to all that too. Like mm-hmm. that's what flexibility means. So, yeah. So I, um, I volunteer at my kid's school. Um, I, you know, work at the shop four or five days a week sewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, running appointments mm-hmm. and sewing and whatnot. Um, and then of course I have all the, um, you know, keeping up with trying to build the, the Instagram thing a little bit and then <laughs> the YouTube thing. And so it's just kind of like a, a smattering of a smatter of yeah. smattering of things. I, I honestly, so I really, I would love for the YouTube side of things to hopefully this year, kind of grow to the point where that can be like my main deal mm-hmm. um, as far as my job. And then I could like really reduce the number of hours that I do for my bridal sewing salon mm-hmm. um, and just focus more on education. It's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. I have a, I have an education background. So um, yeah, I have a Go degree on. in education. So that's, that's why I guess like it's kind of funny. Okay. 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 okay start with the beginning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like silly old me, you know, I started YouTube and I was like, 
I really like this. Like it's so, Mm -hmm. there's so much meaning to this. Like I'm not just doing like one dress, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the give a man a fish thing, you know, like I'm like, I am like feeding a man for a lifetime thing, you know, and this is so rewarding. And, and then I would get these comments coming in like, wow, like you're such a good teacher. I'm finally learning. I've been trying to learn and like something's clicking when I listen to you, like, thank you. And, And I'm like, oh, wow. I was like shocked. I was like, mm-hmm. really? And then yeah. I, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I forgot. I do know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I forgot. I, I have a four-year degree in teaching. So, um, That's where you got it. That is. So, yeah. so did you teach, um, did you teach in a classroom at some point? Unfortunately? Yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. So, um, I taught, uh, two years in public school. Mm -hmm. I was a reading specialist and, uh, that's what I do when I volunteer at my kid's school. I still, Oh, uh, reading and word study to the littles. Mm -hmm. And I just, and then you get to go home of that. Yeah, that's right. I don't have to do all the paperwork. Like that's what I hated about teaching was like the politics and the admin stuff. Yeah. And, and then of course, like with the YouTube channel I'm teaching and then, you know, with the, with the subscribers that I gained from there or the followers from Instagram, they kind of come into the inner circle and become what I call my BST bestie. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, uh, we actually, we just end up at that point, a lot of times they'll just sign an NDA and then mm-hmm. I'll keep like, you know, I keep their stuff private. I keep my, they keep my stuff private and, we can both be an open book that way. Like you can get so much further in business. I feel like with openness with people with NDAs mm-hmm. in place. And so I just kind of like bring them in and we do like consulting and, you know, they can shadow me for like a week or two. I, so I post retreats and then do the consulting, do the, you know, business plan development, all that kind of stuff, one-on-one stuff. And it is like, it is so exciting. And it's like, it's blended the two things. Like, it's like everything that I loved about teaching mm-hmm. and then everything I love about sewing, you oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why so that's I was a like classroom teacher as well. So yeah. I, have, I remember hearing that. Yes. So I cut from the same cloth, literally, well, figuratively, but you know, with the puns intended there. Sewing I, um, and yum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I taught for almost 10 years, for nine years in uh, middle school. I taught middle school choir. And then part of like when I first started teaching, I was doing like middle school choir and elementary school general music. And I, you know, same thing. I love being with the kids. I loved that part of being in the classroom. But then there were just other things where I was like, oh, I can't do this forever. Yeah. And actually, I don't want to do it for another year. So right. I and even I, I knew that like when I first started, like by my second year, I was like, oh, I got to get an exit strategy. So, um, it just took a while to kind of like build this up to get out. So I love, yes, it's like the combination of the two, like you have your love of sewing and then you get to share that with others. And then you're seeing that what you're teaching is like helping them build a life for themselves and like paying the bills. Like that's so rewarding. That's so cool. So when did you much more rewarding than just like one dress? Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Like, um, you know, my dad was an artist and like, I don't know, I have this weird thing, but like, I mean, I'm sure other people think of it too, but like, it's just like a 
time capsule or something. Like when you look at his art, like he passed away, I guess, uh, 30 years ago now. Oh, wow. Um, but I have like his art hanging on the wall behind me, like, mm-hmm. the fine art artist. And um, it's just so timeless. So like, you know, if I sew one dress, I, I'm not meaning this to discourage <laughs> bridal <laughs> gown seamsters, like, because it can be forever for that one girl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't mean it like that. But if you just sew one dress, you just sewed that one dress. But like, it's, you know, exponential. Like if you can also like teach people while you're sewing the dress, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. The wakes kind of spread out a little further and last longer and stuff. So, yeah. When did you start sewing like yourself? Um, you're taking it way back. I'm sure. Yeah. Like early college. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like a super young, like just call me proddy. You know, (laughs) I don't know what that means. Prodigy. Oh, I wasn't. LOL. (laughs) I wasn't like a child prodigy. Like, you know, yes, you can call me proddy for sure. Like (laughs) now, now I'm tracking. Okay. (laughs) Did did you do like garment construction in college or like when were you like, oh my goodness, I love sewing dresses. Yeah. It was literally like on the side. It it was kind of funny because like. I just, I like to sew on my own clothes and just, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people start out that way. You're just yeah. doing like upcycling and like, you know, single pieces of art to wear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just loved that. I didn't pursue it at all formally in college. And then um, it was so funny. The first job that I got hired for outside of college and education, it was another one of those things. Like I totally missed the sign, but like, um, I wore one of my own, uh, creations, I guess. <laughs> Sounds so cheesy. <laughs> I wore like an outfit that I made, you know? Yes. Yes. My creation. Cue <laughs> the harp music, you know? And, um, and it kept like distracting the interview. I'm like, can we get back to my resume? You know? And the principal's like, Oh wait, let me get my secretary. She's like, Kathy, come look at this. She made this outfit. And I'm like, okay. Like, like dazzling um, everyone. That is so funny. I know. I was like, oh, but I want you to really like look at my resume uh-huh. <laughs> for teaching, you know? So, wow. but I obviously I didn't clue into it. I went ahead and did years <laughs> of that nonsense. And um, yeah. So then I just, I don't know. I just went on from there into like um studying like pattern making on my own and like then when my children were born like making their clothes oh yeah from the then into custom dressmaking and then into like alterations and then I just kind of like followed the flow and like Mm -hmm. went into you know bridal yeah that is so cool and isn't it fun thinking about Um, I hope there aren't any teachers listening, but when I was teaching, you know, you can do so much, you get as creative as you can be to make the lesson plan so cool and engaging. And you're coming up with all these new ideas and you're getting the same amount of money. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, I can start a business. And if I get, if I take one more client, then I get more money. Or if I figure out a new way of going faster, I'll get more money. It's like, you see now that like, oh, the work equals more. Yeah. It's rewarding. (laughs) Like it's financially (laughs) rewarding. Well, when I left teaching, I said, Mm -hmm. 
um, this was kind of just like my thing. I should have like cross stitched it and hung it on the wall or something. <laughs> Maybe I should add this to my There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> I do sell merch girls. I sell merch, <laughs> but, um, I should do this. So I said, um, God be in my help for the rest of my life. I will do something I love for very little money, or I will do something I hate for a lot of money, but I will never do something I hate for very little money again. Mm. That was like, I drew a line. I was done. I was just like, you're either, you're either going to treat me right or you're going to pay me, but you're not going to just like not do either one. (laughs) Oh, that (laughs) hits home. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, seriously, talking about our audience, Nadine, we have, it's so cool. Like you and I are doing two different like approaches, but Mm -hmm. we really share kind of the same target audience. We're talking to people who are, you know, cutting out patterns on their dining room table. They're working with a home sewing machine. They're, they're, they've got a dream and they're wondering like, when, when do I make the leap? Like, will, will it catch me? Is it going to pay? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is the market there? Like, am I good enough? Like, will I make enough? Like mm-hmm. all of this. And I have no idea where I was going. <laughs> I don't know, but it was really inspirational. And I was like, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> oh, because I think, I think what you're saying is you can, oh, I, what were you saying? You can do all these things and it can equal to making a living. Yeah. So <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. Now I'm tickled. I do actually remember Okay. <laughs> where I was going is audience. Listen. Okay. You do not have to be in that grind where you are treated like trash and not paid well. Mm-hmm. If you are in that situation, you need to do something to get out because you deserve better. That's right. where I was going. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Nobody should have to live like that. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And I don't, I, there are some groups that I'm in, um, you know, we all have kind of those like free, uh, I want to be careful how I say this, uh, social online, social groups that we can be in with other seamsters or seamstresses and, and seeing stories shared. And I'm thinking, you know, these horror stories of how clients speak to them or treat them or how they come unexpected to pick up their address, you know, all these like scary things. And it's like, yes, that is like, okay, they're rude. They need some social skills, but also how are you training your clients to treat you? And they're going to respond to that. And there has to come a point where you're responsible to say, actually, I deserve the clients who want to work with me, who want to pay me, who know what an art this is that I offer them. And then you're going to be able to communicate that in your marketing and all of your communication with your clients so that you're not running into those same, um, circumstances, there's a point where we have to kind of be honest with ourselves. Like how much of this are we bringing on ourselves by allowing those ticket prices to stay low or that, that communication to be really rude with my clients, you know, and it might come, might stem from that, like imposter. I don't really know what I'm doing and getting over those thoughts in the back of your mind is like the first step so that we can get on to, you know, move on to getting the clients that we want and getting the treatment that we deserve. Yeah. And I think you and I probably 
with having the background of teaching, like we were very much taught that, like to be very intentional about, you know, your syllabus, the atmosphere Mm -hmm. of the classroom, uh, conveying your expectations, conveying the boundaries, making it very clear what the process is. And we have all seen it as students, you know, for any listeners who don't have teaching experience, you saw it as a student. I mean, I remember in high school, this one teacher, it was like, it almost seemed like magic. It's not magic, but it (laughs) seemed like it, like he had the same students everybody else had, but Mm -hmm. you know, you could go in one classroom and it was like chaos and spitballs and disrespect and like papers on the floor, nobody's doing their homework. And then you go in his classroom and it was like, you know, freshly graduating Marines or something Mm -hmm. like (laughs) Like, what is happening? Yes. Like, oh, I love that analogy. Yes. And, and yes. it's so it's the same thing as, you know, as business owners, <clears throat> we are absolutely in charge of setting the tone and the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the flip side of it is not just um, avoiding bad behavior by clients, because I feel like people um, overemphasize that for, you know, it's it's actually kind of like a, a gatekeeping uh, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, they people will like to overemphasize the bridezilla situation and like, are you oh. sure you want to do that? Like, they're so scary and rude and like, oh, yeah, I don't yes. think you want to get into this industry. And like, it's just another trick to keep you out of it. I mean, I very, very rarely face that kind of situation. Yeah. I feel like bigger than that, my responsibility is to make my atmosphere of my shop more like spa like. Like mm-hmm. people come to my shop and they love the lighting. They love the feeling. They love, it's just an atmosphere that you intentionally prepare for them. And they love knowing what to expect. And, and when it comes time to leave, like, they're like, I don't want to get out of my dress. Like right. it's magical. And and sometimes they'll say when they leave, like, thank you. Like, this is the least stressful vendor experience mm-hmm out of the wedding thus far. And like, that should be our goal, not necessarily just like preventing aggressive situations with brides, but more like giving them an atmosphere to come into where there it's a sigh, like, right. Like this is, this is awesome. This is what I wanted. And, you know, and then that aggressive side of them is less likely to come out anyways, you know? So like, there's just so much that goes into, into setting the tone in a, in an atmosphere. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah as what we expect from them. And then also what they can clearly expect from us. Yeah. yeah I love that. Mm-hmm. And having that intention set as you're building your business and as you're building your brand. So, you know, what you want them to expect. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> we I, you know, we need to know what we want to be before we can expect them to Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're floundering, they feel that like, Ooh, this Mm -hmm. lady has no idea what she's doing. Now I'm scared. You know, she's she's sweating. I'm sweating. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So I have like in my book, uh, six lies told to the modern Mm -hmm. businesswoman, And it is like a business book. It's not like a sewing instruction book. It's definitely like the yin to the yang for my YouTube channel. But um, it's, I do have a section that talks about that, talking about, <clears throat> you know, professionalism versus like being personable. Mm-hmm. 
because sometimes like people misinterpret that and like they can just kind of go to the extreme like, oh, I got to guard myself from like fraudulent brides and people stealing my belts and veils <laughs> and, you know, like they can yes. think like that. And yeah. And it makes them feel like they're walking into like juvenile hall or something like, right. You know, you don't want that feeling like everything is like contracts and like, you Mm -hmm. know, non-refundable deposits, (laughs) you know, like you can get so caught up into that, that you kill the spirit Mm -hmm. of the business that you want, you know? Right. And that's so fear driven. Like if you're afraid of your clients taking it, taking advantage of you, then you don't want to work from that fear mindset, you know? It's yeah, you can't lies. like flourish. It's lies women believe are six lies. Is there a number? Okay. It's Let's six, talk about the book. Yeah. Six okay. lies told. Six lies told. To the modern businesswoman. Okay. To the modern businesswoman. And, then and it is on my website. But okay. I talk about the, and it's, this isn't a plug. I mean, it is a plug. Oh, plug. Plugs. Yes, but, plugs. and this will also be available in the show notes. So if you're listening or you're watching and you're like, oh, I want that, there'll be a link and you can um, get your own copy. Yeah. So it's not purely a plug. I'm referencing something <laughs> okay. that in the book. And that would be, I was saying, I was using that teaching analogy again, saying as a teacher, as a classroom teacher, um, you have, you know, your standards of learning that are you know, put on you, imposed upon you by the powers that be your state or whatever. You've got your administration, you've got your school handbook, you've got Mm -hmm. the laws of the state, your licensing laws, you've got all this. But when you come into the classroom, you as a teacher, you are that colorful, engaging interpretation of the content for your students. So you, that's that balance of professionalism versus personal. Mm-hmm. So like you can be an amazing, inspiring teacher and still stay within the lines of professionalism. Right. Like right. it's, so it's the same idea. Like when you run your business, like you can have contracts, you can have boundaries in place, but still make it a magical experience where they don't even notice them. You know right. what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They can be delivered with warmth, like your yeah. boundary can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So kind of totally switching gears here, but what inspired the YouTube channel? This is like, because I feel like before you, I can't even think of a, a consistent YouTube, what do you call them? Producer? What do you call yourself? <laughs> of They call it content sewing. creators. Content creator. Like, so... What made you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm really good at this, that bridal sewing and I want to start teaching and okay, YouTube is the way to do it. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess I was just feeling about like moving into multiple streams. I, I kind of had a, mm-hmm. a scary moment and I, I feel like for all of us, we can relate to that. Like the feathers being plucked out of our nest and we're like, whoa. this this may not be sustainable in the best sense. So I was actually facing um, a really scary health crisis. Oh, wow. And so I was like, I have put all of my eggs in one basket and Mm -hmm. I didn't like that feeling. Um, 
I just like to be a little more diversified as a person. And I feel like you can be as a bridal seamstress. You don't Mm -hmm. have to necessarily go into being an educator of bridal seamstresses to do that. There's, there's different ways you can diversify and stuff, but I got, uh, really sick and, uh, we had like scary news. It, It was just, it was, my world was rocked. And I was like, you know, I need to diversify so everything is not so um, reliant upon my strength of health and, mm-hmm. you know, having a family and stuff like that. I just felt like I needed um, more flexibility. So the year that I started it, I was actually on chemo for uh, 10 months of that year. And wow. so there was lots of lazy boy time and, you know, me and my laptop and my lazy boy and my little snowball microphone. And, uh, so that's what I did. I'm like, okay, I can only work X number hours a week right now because I'm sick. Let's start the camera rolling. And then in my downtime, I can be still productive, you know? So that's really kind of where it started. And then, it, you know, I didn't even know like what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know if, you know, after that year when I was better, like, am I just going to go back to full-time bridal and be like, I'm better now. This is what I'm going to do. And yeah, there's more bumps in the road in the future. I'll just figure something out again, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just really felt like it was, it was really needed. There were so many people reaching out, like with so much gratitude and, yeah. and then were I realized shocked? how much I loved it. Yeah. Were you shocked yeah. by that feedback of how many people really wanted what you're putting out? Yeah. And what was really funny was, um, one of my biggest holdbacks to doing it was like insecurity about my voice. Like I have like, you'll hear me have like a vocal fry (laughs) sometimes, not that bad, but (laughs) I have a little bit of a, you know, that little uh, guttural kind of raspy. I think that's what the rest of us think of as a cute raspy voice, but since it's good, I I just thought (laughs) of it as like, Ooh, it's clearly vocal damage. And like, I'm not a voiceover artist and I'm going to be absolutely filleted. And, and then also the Southern accent, like people are just going to, you know, YouTube is such a dumpster fire of hate comments. Oh, we're going to get was, to that later. So yes, <laughs> going. Yeah. Oh girl. I got, <laughs> I got tea on, on uh, YouTube comments, but, um, yeah. So I was like, they're, they're going to fillet me. I'm going to burn alive on YouTube with my, between my accent and the, you know, what sounds like vocal fry, but it's actually just kind of like. I don't know, vocal damage. I don't know what it is, but it's not. I mean, like if I took voice lessons, they would probably try to fix it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like super like, oh, I don't want to do it because of my voice. And um, that's just so funny to me because people listening love your voice and like your voice and your hands that have taught them so much. And and that was the thing I didn't expect. Yeah, that is amazing. I started getting all these comments where people were like, "Uh, thank you for this instruction, but I just wanted to let you know, like, I love your voice. Or they would say that I love your hands or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was just shocked at like, 
how kind people were about my voice. And then like, particularly like when the ASMR community started kind of growing on YouTube, Oh I yeah. Started, I started getting commenters. Like, I can't tell you how many times people would be like, I don't even sew, but I just want you to know, I play your videos in the background <laughs> all day because you're oh like, so calming. <laughs> and I was really? like, that is so weird. Like it was yeah. so unexpected. And, um, I just love that so much. Cause it's like the things that we feel so insecure about sometimes are, or what we feel most vulnerable about is can be one of our biggest strengths, you know? Yeah. So for this to be something that you were like, uh, and then you're that exact thing is what people love about you so much. So that's right. so it's like, awesome. It turned out that it was like a distinct thing. Mm-hmm. It, it was more of like a distinct recognizable sound. And then I was like, I mean, who even thought, but, you know, going back to the thing of like, you know, people wondering, is the time right? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Or, you know, whatever, when they're starting out in bridal, like you really have to listen to what is said around you and don't just listen to your own stupid, diminishing voice in the back of your head, like criticizing yourself. You have to listen to what people say. So like, you know, think about that job interview and they were like crazy about my clothes and I didn't clue in, you know? Yeah. And then it's funny. Cause I was, I was going through this struggle in my mind about my voice and this is, I don't remember if I had uploaded yet or if I just had uploaded like one or two videos and I was feeling very like, please don't anybody click on it. Please don't click on it. <laughs> but I went into a boutique and I was walking behind the racks and I was like, Hey, uh, good to see you, Zach, or whatever the guy working behind the desk. And, and, um, he was like, Oh, Hey, he said, can I tell you something? And I was like, what? And he said, I just feel like telling you like something about your voice. He (laughs) said, I remember the first time you came into this store, like years ago, your voice just like stuck with me. And he said, I heard your voice when you came in and I knew it was you. He said, I love your voice. Oh my gosh. And he wasn't like flirting with me, but it was like (laughs) this moment. And I was like, I was like, oh my word. I was like a word fitly spoken. Like you have no idea what I'm going through in my mind right Mm. now about my voice. Like he really had no clue. I was you know, and I was just like, okay, I need to just like, listen to the good around me instead of, you know, beating myself up over my fears, you know? And Mm -hmm. that's what I hear so much when I work with, you know, aspiring business owners, the, the, all the what ifs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just turn it on its head and be like, okay, what if, Mm -hmm. like, what if somebody does leave a comment and they say they hate my voice? Like, so what? Yes. Yeah. Right. And there's so so many, especially when you're starting, you're starting your business, you're starting from home. There are so many insecurities that can come with that. Or, you know, you feel like you don't have it all together and all the what ifs. Um, I had an interview with Kristen Gillies and she's a seamstress in, um, in New York on Long Island. And, um, she's so funny, but she was talking about how she left her 
J-O-B job to start this business just last year and went through this list of like all the insecurities and the fears. And then she's like, once I did it, it was like, okay, I'm making money. I'm doing it. It's working. It just is like that, that feeling of like taking the leap, you know, letting the first person in your home or making that Facebook announcement, like, Hey, I'm doing bread alterations or whatever that first step is in your case, you know, putting a video of your voice out there. That first step. Yeah, okay. we just we have to get to the part with my face now. Oh. <laughs> I know, and it's so funny because I bet I know some people are like, "Oh my goodness, there's going to be a YouTube interview with her," and they're going to be disappointed to see the lace and not your beautiful face. But I also, if if you ever make a video appearance, I want to claim like that interview because come on, that would be amazing. But one step at a time. Well, um, tell them they got to email me and sign an NDA and I'm there. I'm, I'm yours. You know, like they get to see me once they sign an NDA. And oh, that's so seriously, funny. like, how am I going to help people? Like, I, I just feel like you got to be like a hundred percent open or not. Yep. So mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just good for everybody when you do that. They yeah. can like, tell me, they can tell me exactly what they're making or, you know, mm-hmm. You know, we can talk numbers. Um, yesterday morning when I talked to someone, I was literally like with my phone giving them, I mean, detailed tour of my shop. Like, here's the toilet, you know, like, mm, yeah, you know, and you're just not going to do stuff like that unless you've got, you know, it's- that trust. Yeah. <laughs> and before yeah. we started recording, you were explaining how there is a difference between your brand for your brides that you work with and then your brand for seamstresses. And I think that's so smart. So you're kind of keeping that separation between the two. So if you are, you know, if you're listening and you're, you want to get some like sewing coaching or bridal sewing coaching directly from Brenda, she does offer that. And so that could also be in the show notes, like a, um, a link to connect with you and, and sign that, what'd you call it? An NDR? The NDA is a a non-disclosure agreement. It's like, I think the other thing I said is like, common thing. resuscitate. (laughs) It's not that it's the other one. <laughs> don't do that either. I mean, if you find me on the floor, just leave me there. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay. Um, let's talk about YouTube comments because, oh my goodness, I haven't experienced that yet, but I think I just have like maybe 10 videos on YouTube right now. So it's like, I'm still pretty new, but I know just from some, like those free social media groups that we were talking about. Those yeah. comments can be so mean and people who watch you, who, you know, they've been sewing for a long time and they know how to do things. And I don't know, people just get so nervy behind their like computer keys. So how uh-huh. did you not like, first of all, like cry and like melt into a puddle when you got the first mean comment. And then how do you deal with those? Well, Okay. First of all, when a mean comment comes through, I screenshot it and then read it to my family. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Can you believe they said this? Like this person is so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing better to do. Yes. You've got to get childish with it. You know, like, (laughs) oh my goodness. And I like too that when you're, when you teach a technique, you usually say, I know there are different ways to do it, but this is how I love to do it. I think I feel like I've heard that disclaimer so much. And that's the cool thing about doing alterations is like, it's like, okay, how does your brain get there? As long as it looks beautiful and seamless, then, okay. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, people have to let you know the way they do it. And it's like, you do this. Or I remember one video was about like lace, like raising lace hems. And people were like going bananas over like, take it up at the waist. And it was like, 
okay, but what if you can't take it up at the waist? Like, right. I don't know, but they were just going crazy. I'm like, wow, yeah, this is it's like, really intense. That's fine. Yeah. We can take it up at the waist, but then the video becomes how to take it up at the waist. Like, <laughs> Oh, they just did that. My last big video about the pin. There was one pin in the hymn for crying out loud. And they about burnt the internet down over that. (laughs) And I'm like, my pinning video is coming. It's just really huge. And actually I I hope to finish filming it today. We'll see. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, I, as you can tell with bridal sewing, you don't want to oversimplify it. That's rotten. You want it to be real, but when you're teaching, and this is what I was explaining about the one pin thing, or like what you're talking about with the hymn, I just, I just try to explain it to them. Like, look, um, you know, when you're teaching a, a certain skill, you try to isolate that skill. Like, mm-hmm. and with sewing, it's so, I won't say it's difficult to do that, but you have to be very intentional about you know, kind of making the situation for that video pretty sterile, uh, where you're talking about mostly that one thing, or you're going to get into like a thousand rabbit trails. I mean, Oh, that's how learning to sew is anyways. And, and I feel like that's part of why my teaching is effective is because I try to isolate the skill and make all the other, you know, little side points and, and the additional things they can learn throughout the video make sure they stay as a side point, you know, just a little right. bonus nugget kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of important and some people miss that and they just, you know, they're just, they're just looking for, um, they, they want to be so like relevant and perfect and like, you know, the expert and, you know, whatever they just, they just got you know, my grandmother, you know? my grandmother used to always say, they're jealous and, um, you know, they are, (laughs) I gotta thank Mamie because it's so, uh, you know, I chuckle about that, but I I don't even remember the scenarios, but it would be like, if my sisters and I would talk about things, you know, situations that would be her comment about women. And it it's, you know, funny to laugh about, but there is kind of like when people feel emboldened to comment like that, what kind of insecurity do they have yeah. that they're getting some gratification. Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. When they, you know, yeah. post something on your like video that who knows how long it's taken you clearly, you know what you're doing. Like, I don't know. So I've, I'm just really impressed with the grace that you handle. <laughs> um, sometimes I don't feel like I'm graceful with it, but you know, it's funny. You mentioned your sisters because I thought about that when you said jealous, my sister used to always say that she said, if somebody hates you and you don't know why it's because they're jealous. I was like, well, the yes. words of wisdom for my older sister. Seriously. Yeah. Sisters and grandmas. It's, I don't know. It's a thing. I know. So I don't know. Well, um, the, I guess too, I should say, you know, when you're starting a business or, you know, really starting a YouTube channel with the goal of it growing into a business. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the same, you know, principles or whatever you look for pain points, you know, you, you look for pain points in the industry and you seek to relieve those. And so that's what I was doing. Very eyes wide open with my channel. I did not want that. It's so gross to me. The, the sewing tutorial videos where they're like 
clearly in this like it's like a bubblegum pink studio and they've got these long fake nails that nobody could sew with anyways. And, <laughs> and everything is about, and you can buy this thing and this thing and like right. everything is like plastic and polished mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, one sewing brand or whatever. And it's right. clearly it's they hired this actress to pretend like she's sewing or something. It, it's a, it's awful. Mm-hmm. And I just thought like, who wants to mm-hmm. learn to sew like that? And even worse, who wants to feel like this is the standard of sewing that we should attain to when like, that's not what real sewing looks like. Like mm-hmm. real sewing is messy and I have to use the dust buster on my floor like five times a day. <laughs> and you know, it's like cooking shows where they've got all the food in the little glass bowls that are yes. like, that's not what cooking really looks like. You know, yeah. so I kind of set out with that. I was like, I'm going to make this real. And I'm also going to be the, I'm going to be real about the fact that there's like 10 different ways you can do any alteration mm-hmm. and they're not wrong unless you like ruin the gown. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> and, but people feel like I do it this way. Therefore it's perfect. And you mm-hmm. do it like me. And I was just like, I'm so grossed out by that. I knew I didn't want my community to be like that. So mm-hmm. I have no qualms or hold back about chasing off a, a subscriber if they're that way in the comments. Like, right. I'm like, you're not part of my community. Um, mm-hmm. and it goes back to those boundaries. Like you are, yes. you're telling them what the expectation is when you're in. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a client that only wants to give you a hundred dollars for $500 worth of work. Like I don't want you to be my client. So yes, there's the yeah. sidewalk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that takes, I mean, that's a big step. It, it's a big deal. I think to get to that step when you're growing, whether you're growing like a, your bridal sewing business, like as a, as a seamstress or some kind of online community, and you have to be okay with turning some people away. Yeah. Um, and knowing you're not going to serve everybody and it's not your fault if you can't serve everybody, you know, it's like, you're uh, gonna desperation, gross, right? <laughs> the 20 year old girl who's desperate to get married. Look at who she's going to marry. It's awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be desperate. Right. Same with your clients. Like your clients are going to be so much better. If yeah. You're not desperate. <laughs> it's so funny. Yes. That is A mindset. True. Don't you know? be desperate. The mindset of being desperate. Right. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, Okay. I had some other questions, but honestly, I feel like that needs to be a separate episode because then that can like launch into like a whole nother topic. But I think this has just been so helpful for wherever you are in your business. And I love how you mentioned too, like diversifying and how that's going to look different for different people. Like if you feel like entering the digital world is just kind of like for you, like I know who are offering, you know, they have like a veil collection that they're building or a physical product that they're selling during the off season or digital courses for brides to be, you know, like there's so many ways to expand just how to make money of yeah, other you than just like your knowing stuff, dream. right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Your mm-hmm. shows and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. so fun. And it's, I love that too, because it has nothing to do with weddings. Yes. <laughs> so like, we all need and- a little relief. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and here, you know, in our area, we have a very distinct wedding season and then like nothing happens for a few months because of our weather patterns. So like, I love having a few months to just do fun sewing. And I think this next year, I'm going to kind of dabble into some like, like cloth napkins and home deck stuff, which, you know, some, some people might be like, okay, that's like easy sewing, but yeah, that's what I want. I want to buy the pretty fabrics and just make cute stuff and, um, and like work within my little makers community. And, and it's such a refreshing time. And then it's like, it kind of fills in the gap too, when I'm not seeing brides. So, um, I love the idea of diversifying easy sewing, but for people who can't even like figure (laughs) out how to plug in their machine, it's not easy. Exactly. Yes. But for us, it's like, Ooh, it's the fun kind of mindless sewing that it's like, I can listen to, you know, or like watch something. And sew, and it's like, it's just a different texture. I don't know. There's all those fun things that are you know, just about doing something other than bridal sewing. So if you guys want, if you have more questions about that listeners contact either one of us, because I could talk about that stuff all day long. And I love the idea of having your annual goal. And then here's all the things that we can do to make that annual goal happen. Like, Ooh, just so exciting for me. And it's more than just like, like you said, that one dress at a time, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I have heard the siren song myself of, you know, doing something on Etsy. Mm, okay. You know, yes. like there's yes. always that. Think mm-hmm, of all mm-hmm. the seamsters that like, you know, if oh, you're totally. afraid the bridal yeah. isn't going to float you a hundred percent, the bridal be 40% gets. and Etsy be the rest. Like, Oh, know. totally. Yes, yes, yes. Like I, I'm thinking of like bridesmaid boxes, emergency kits, veils, belts, mm-hmm. um, birdcage veils, like even if you do want to stay in the area that you know really well, like these lace and materials that we feel we're comfortable with. Oh my word. There's like a whole, there's a whole world for that. Like, Oh, very exciting. Yes. Also cleaning and box preservation. Okay. There is is so much money in cleaning and boxing. It's money left on the table. And it's so crazy when I do my uh, consultants with people about, you know, yeah. building their business and offering more things to diversify mm-hmm. their income within their business. Almost nobody is doing that. And I'm like, right. Like, I think right I feel there. like I have a really close bridal shop that I work closely with and they already offer that. So for me, I've always felt like if I offer that, then I don't want to step on their toes. Cause that's kind of like the, they're the local hub for that. So I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm yeah, like, sometimes you know, there's but, like mm-hmm. political dynamics, like, right, right, right. I, I kind of want to respect you. that, but there's another seamstress, um, Fran Miller. I yeah. know she, and yeah, she's in Pennsylvania. I know she does dress preservation. I'm like, that's brilliant because yeah. then it's like the bow on top, you know what I mean? And you don't need to go back to the dress shop that you, once you're done purchasing your dress, sometimes you just kind of lose that relationship unless you're getting yeah. the steaming services and everything done there. Like this bridal shop that's close to me. I know they offer a package that includes steaming for the day of, and then you bring the dress back for preservation. So, um, that is something I guess that I could offer for brides that don't come from that shop, you know? Yeah. Um, you could always do that. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, this came from this other place or from the internet. So she's mine. Yeah. 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 And uh, (laughs) fun fact, I did this for years instead of managing it yourself at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I initially, how I got into it was I created a relationship with a local dry cleaner who did the cleaning and boxing. They gave me a wholesale rate. Wow. So I charged double the 
cleaners would come every two weeks with their big van, pick up all these dresses. I had all the paperwork on them, pick up the dresses, go clean them and box them, bring them back. Boom. Oh my goodness. That is awesome. They gave me a wholesale price. So the bride was paying the same thing for me as going to them, Mm -hmm. but I was getting to make that money and I did nothing but like the intake paperwork. Like, wow. It was so like, you know, the foam on top. It was just like so easy to do. So that is brilliant there for people to Mm -hmm. their bottom line. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yes. Okay. So, um, I'm going to be in touch for our next episode because already, like I had other questions, but then since we've been talking, I'm like, Ooh, I want to talk about this, this, and this. So, um, we will get you back on here. Thank you so much. Obviously most of our listeners know where to find you, but why don't you go ahead and tell us where we can find you on YouTube or your website? Okay. Well, if they go to my website, which is bridal sewing techniques, dot com that can kind of get them anywhere it can okay. you know lead them i've got the blog on there and mm-hmm. it can lead them to the products that i link to on amazon i've got my youtube channel you know there's instagram my handle is at bridal sewing um you know they can just look for me there on bridal sewing techniques and okay thank you I brenda I, I can't thank them. you enough i'm like i cannot wait to get this episode out so thank Aww. you much. And I know that I'm speaking on behalf of me. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm speaking on behalf of all the listeners. We're really happy that you joined me today. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. If you are interested in getting connected with an online membership where you can grow with other seamstresses in the same boat as you, please contact me. You can reach out at secrets of bridal seamstress podcast.com, or you can find me on Instagram, Nadine.bozeman. And I'd love to talk about a coaching call, getting you into our online membership or figuring out a business plan to help you grow and thrive in your modern and profitable bridal sewing business.